over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the house. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know how we're going to all pack it into this hour. Let me give you Arizona homeowners a warning. You better fasten your seatbelt and put on your Rosie on the house safety helmet. Man, we are going to cover a lot of ground this hour, that's for sure. Hats off to the 7 million Texans that uh, really do wish global warming was true right now. Uh, Boy, that's some cold weather. Gary, that picture you sent of St. John's Church in Lafayette was one of the prettiest pictures I saw all week. Yeah, and that's probably the one with, uh, it was a little bit more ice than snow, made for a great picture, but, you know, I talked to my friends in Lafayette, and they're like, it's not fun to travel on, though. Oh, <laughs> but it, they're not used to it, that's for sure. Beautiful picture. If you want to see it, St. John's Cathedral in Lafayette, Louisiana, they're on Facebook, but there are three more photos, and you should look at it. It's pretty breathtaking. It's a red brick historic building, very tall spire, <laughs> All underneath something it doesn't see very often, a covering of ice and snow. It's pretty. It really is really a pretty nice. picture. Let me throw out there that our phone number this morning is 602-277-5827. Also, the texting Marketron thing is down. So if you want to reach us, you got to call that number or info at rosieonthehouse.com. We are here for you. Or send what? us a message on Facebook like Miss Barbara did. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with all this talk about what border walls we aren't or are going to build, I really think Arizona needs a wall on the west and the east, almost more importantly than the north or the south. Because if all these Texans start moving to Arizona, (laughs) we've got all these Californians moving into Arizona. How are we going to all fit in little bitty old Arizona? Mercy, mercy. But we're on the topic here real quick on what can we learn from what the Texans went through. And I talked to my petrol, what's his title? petroleum geologic it's like 17 syllables but he's retired now and he was sitting by his gas fireplace with no electricity and no running water in louisiana sitting in his favorite chair inside a sleeping bag drinking hot chocolate that he warmed up on the oven and he said and i I called him with one question lewis why is the city of mesa asking us to conserve natural gas for all of you Texans. And he said, the reason why, Rosie, is your natural gas probably comes from either Midland or Beaumont. And we can pump as much natural gas into a pipe at as high a pressure as we can create it. And even at maximum pressure, natural gas only moves in the pipeline 17 miles an hour. Oh, wow. So if Mesa runs out, and we got to wait for the line to fill up from Beaumont. <laughs> Everybody on that line has to wait. Now, I never knew that about natural gas. I, I didn't know. 17 miles an hour. And no, no matter what pressure it's under, it only moves down the pipeline 17 miles an hour. And most of that natural gas comes from what's called the Permian Basin, yes. which would be Midland Odessa. Midland Odessa. And did he give you any kind of... And all of that's frozen. All the pump heads are frozen. When you take natural gas from 20,000 PSI, bring it to the surface at 60 PSI, I mean, it's the same thing as spraying compressed air out of a can. The can freezes. That's right. So all those pipes freeze Mm -hmm. with a little bit of moisture that's still in the natural gas. That's why natural gas overnight went from $4 per million BTU 
four dollars mm-hmm. in less than 24 hours it was selling for 325 dollars oh. per million btu <laughs> so the distribution of natural gas that's a that's a that's a whole 17 puzzling. miles an hour so yeah. i could travel from houston to phoenix and be here quicker than the natural gas. oh yeah <laughs> yeah just bring lots of pro just fill up propane and bring the propane you in go. your truck you'll be better off <laughs> but natural gas generators every texan i know has moved in with a family with a backup gas generator. And so to talk about that, uh, we have a, a, a natural gas generator backup provider right here in Phoenix. I just wanted to call Randy at Fox Valley Electric and say, Randy, have, have you seen a surge in phone calls? Wall Street Journal on Thursday said that publicly held generator manufacturing stock went up 20% in one week. So, Randy, <laughs> thanks for joining us during your vacation, man. <laughs> no problem. I know you're out of town. But have your phones just but been yeah, ringing off the hook? We have definitely seen a surge of interest. Uh, you know, with, with the events going on in Texas, plus, you know, some of the um, social unrest and just a whole lot of other factors, we have seen a huge interest. In, and lately, in the last few days, it's really spiked. Well, Randy, you owe me an iced tea and a hamburger. Because we're going to take our brainchild and we're going to create another whole demand for natural gas generators. And that's that generator that turns on during electric utility company's peak hour, produces electricity. And, and yes. uh, we, we need to do this. We need to do this. It would be another whole level of demand for backup generators. What could we expect, uh, Randy, from a, a generator? What would in Phoenix, in Arizona area, what would what would be the the use, you know, the optimum use for a generator for a homeowner? A lot of people are putting them in for backup power. So, you know, if in the event that the power goes down, which which it does fairly frequently, uh, more more often than not anymore, when it does go down, your generator takes over. It'll start within ten seconds, and you don't have a power loss. And how, how, now, Randy, just I know pricing over the phone is impossible, but if I've got a typical Arizona home, 2,000 square foot, three bedroom, two bath, four ton air conditioner, and I'm going to lose power generally on the desert floor during some monsoon, so it's going to be the summer. So I want my air conditioner and my refrigerator running. How big a generator are we generally thinking? You know, most of our average homes are using a 14 kW to a 20 kW generator. Um, we we are a Kohler de- dealer, so that's those are the two that we see most frequently. We can get smaller if if you know the demand is smaller. We have uh, eight, ten, and twelve kW. We go all the way up to one hundred fifty kW for larger houses, but the average the average is fourteen to twenty. Okay, it's like having your own generation station. Huh? It is wow, it exactly. You is. have lots of neighbors yeah. over, hmm. and you plumb yeah, that yeah, into your natural sure. gas line, and like. Like Randy says, when the power goes off, it's automatically triggered. Kaboom! Pow! It's there. Now, does that yeah, have to? Yeah, can run on propane too. Okay, yeah. and Randy, do 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 you you need to like I know hospitals and uh, critical facilities like that they actually run their generators some amount of time every month, whether they need it or not. Do these units self test themselves? Or do they you sure have, do. Yeah, do we have to do it weekly them? or monthly. Okay. Yeah, we program them to test themselves weekly or monthly, and then come with a smartphone app so you can see the health of your generator. We can monitor it as well. Wow. 
Can't well, get any easier than that. I, yeah. I, I think this has driven me to at least one of our properties putting one in. I think so. So, Randy, uh, yeah, Fox, Fox Valley Electric, Rosie Certified Electrical pro- Providing Service in the greater Phoenix area. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you. 623-587-7370. Or you can visit us on our website at foxvalleyelec.com. How big an area do y'all serve? For generators, we serve, you know, really as far as out past uh, Chino Valley and Payson. And, okay. And for sure the entire valley, yeah. Okay. Very good. Hey, Randy, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is you sent me a – we talk here on the show a lot about the career opportunities in the construction sciences. That article you sent me this week about the what the – projected shortfall of electricians is going to be in this country was astounding. It really is. And and that's part of their, their predicted instability of the grid going forward over the next 30 years is there's going to be a massive shortage of linemen, maintenance electricians and all that. So that, that causes a problem going forward. And I think we're going to see it manifest itself in the peak times in almost every part of the country. Wow. It was a study dark by 2050 and the fact that we could be a half million electricians short just in this country. So is it a call to be trained Uh, for apprentices or what uh, are you looking for? Oh, for sure. For sure. We need to turn that around now if we're not going to be experiencing rolling blackouts worse than we currently have. There's already blackouts that happen and if we're not going to experience rolling blackouts, then we need to get more electricians trained. And and Randy, you're currently hiring and training at Fox Valley, aren't you? We are. Yes, absolutely. People, electricians that would like a career opportunity or an apprentice that might like to come in and get trained, how would they get in touch with you? Same way, 623-587-7370. If you're an experienced elect, uh, residential electrician, uh, we're hiring for service techs, technicians in the VAT department. Fantastic. Mr. Randy Cole of Fox Valley Electric, thanks a million. For those of you contemplating the idea of backup generators, Fox Valley would be the place you'd want to call. Thanks, Randy. Thank you. Bye. Oh, man. Yeah, a half million electricians short in this generation. There was a picture on Facebook this morning of a lineman in Louisiana. <laughs> he he the, it was from a family member just saying you you're you're comfortable in your home and this guy's hanging on this iced over pole can't make a wrong move can't even hardly use his hands you know be thankful for your linemen so it is a it's a service job one that's appreciated and needed they they turn into first responders under yeah, this kind of situation they really do. don't they I know a couple of career electricians that is I mean it's it's good work it's tough work they're making a pretty darn good living. Well, and mm-hmm. if there's going to be a half million short, think what that's going to do. This, exactly. The, 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 the pay scale. Holy cow. Man, oh, man. The construction science is an excellent place to consider a great career. Uh, for any of you thinking, maybe you've been displaced by the COVID mess. Well, I'll tell you what. The construction services business has been jamming, jamming, jamming through the entire environment. So if you were in the hospitality or food services business and you've been left at home more than you'd like to be, I'm telling you, you ought to think about it.
Construction Sciences as a career. A beautiful Arizona Saturday morning at Rosie's house. It's Rosie on the house here for you, the Arizona homeowners. Thank you for tuning in. All right, this is where I get to come in real quick and get some follow-up from you. Not not many times in the week are we in the office at the same time, so this gives me an opportunity to ask some popular questions from the homeowners. But guys, this is I have I get so peppered. many. I get peppered here. <laughs> I have so many in front of me right now. I am a little overwhelmed and not sure where to start. But we have ignited a conversation with this dryer vent topic. Oh, and really? Good. Yeah, they're coming in like hotcakes. All right, so Miss Karen lives in a 1958 home. She does not have a dryer vent. Instead, she has a dryer hose that was installed, and it's connected up to the attic. Oh, She's gosh. asking who she contacts. Is that Becky again for Arizona Chimney? Yeah, I would say yes. What Do you yeah. have her zip code or anything? Okay. Well, uh, Arizona Chimney Sweep is 602-439-3218. And we also have Get the Lint Out in Sedona. I don't know where she is, but those are our two certified partners that will take care of a Cleaning out vents. those dryer vents. And Important. It is, it's, it's a fire hazard. It's horribly combustible. And, and the lesson should be learned is make sure you're cleaning your vent, the screen, the filter in your dryer, every single load. And if, if every that load. lint is being blown into the attic, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, you hope Ooh, it is. You, you hope it okay. is. Yeah. Uh, and you hope it's not just stacking up inside that pipe. Ah, uh, yeah. Or lining the pipe. You know, that's what happens. On top of the insulation in the attic, too, then you, you could have a bigger problem. most dryers have a built-in thermostat. When they feel the heat back pressure from the vent building up, they shut the heating element off. But what happens is your, your line isn't clogged, but it's lined. The, the static electricity has that flexible duct lined with that vent, and it gets hot enough. That one little spark gets in there, and I'm I'm telling you what, if you if you want to, the next time you clean your dryer vent filter, take it outside and put it in a metal trash can and put a put a just drop a match on it. You'll see what happens. It's unbelievable. Romy always says, even if it doesn't look dirty, clean it. That's just a good habit to be in. But other than that, it also will keep your clothes your dryer from drying efficiently. And you're wondering why you have to keep restarting and restarting. It could be that your vent is blocked. You never know what's going to start a conversation at Rosie on the house. Where else can you go and sit down in your favorite comfortable chair and talk about lint? (laughs) (laughs) Well, to move on from lint, to take us from the laundry room up to the roof, Mr. Jim and I have been exchanging a few emails this week. Now, he has contacted some of our Rosie certified partners for our roof repair that he needs done. He's had lots of companies out. They've all given him estimates, but one company in particular suggested that he get a double layering. Now, his concern is this is an extra cost. It's about $1,200 mm-hmm. for his Spanish tile roof. Yeah. He's wondering, is this investment worth it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I saw that email chain as you were dealing with it. This is exactly a very smart Arizona homeowner. His first question is, I need a new roof. I listen to you on the radio. How do I find a good roofer? So we, of course, direct him to the website for his zip code. Here, here's three great roofers. Call them. He gets three appraisals of the situation. They all pretty much recommend the same thing. And he reaches back out to us and says, okay, Rosie, I've got three here. They all pretty much agree. Needs to be replaced. 
One of them wants to do it in two layers of building felt, and one wants to do it in a single ply. What's the difference? This guy is using Rosie on the House as his home repair consultant for free. And that's what I wish more Arizona homeowners would do rather than us getting the phone call. Well, I've got this problem, and I didn't get them off your referral network, but I promise I'll never use anybody's not on your referral network from this on. Do you know how many hours we spend on the phone having that conversation? This guy, Jim, did it right. Before you touch your home, go to RosieLNows.com. We're here for you for free for 30-plus years. And talking about things that spark conversation and homeowners really latch on to, your home warranty conversation from, what, three weeks ago? I'm still getting feedback on that, that almost every single day. That that lit up just like dryer lint. It really, you know, it, it did. Um, so Mr. Dave called in and said he has a sewer line, and it's okay. 50 years old, Okay. but his insurance will only give him the rate of coverage for $2,500 due to the age of the lines. Does that sound... Well, that's in line a, with what you know? This is another great example of a listener paying attention. We've told people don't buy those third-party warranties with water and sewer line replacements at your house, that you can just go to your homeowner's insurance and get the same coverage for a fraction of the price with someone you know and trust who's going to let you use the contractor you pick, not some third-party guy back in Philadelphia who's going to tell you who you have to use. So... Dave calls his insurance company and finds out, okay, because the age of my line, they're only going to give me $2,500 coverage. I would have him call Clay Jansen at Focus because there's no reason the insurance company won't give you a rider. Say, say, hey, I would like that coverage boosted to $12,000. What's it going to cost? It'll be pennies, pennies. So if your homeowner's insurance coverage places a limit and i mean you can warn you can buy this for your sewer line your water line your electric line your air conditioner all those things you can get from a home warranty you can get from the company that writes your homeowner's policy and it will save you a ton of money and you'll get to pick who you want to do the repair get a rider i think a rider will take care of the situation maybe clay can come on there next week and correct me if i'm wrong Let's keep going, man. Well, we're <laughs> talking. <on> a roll. <laughs> we're talking about preparedness and some of the things you might learn from what our our fellow Texans have been going through. So, one of the team members at Rosie on the House has a sister and brother-in-law that are surviving the event in and about and around Austin. Let's bring Baxter into the conversation, calling from Texas for a current update. What's the situation? Hey, Baxter, we've never met. I've, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a picture of someone's master bathtub that I've never known before. But he sends a picture. <laughs> yeah, <good> morning, Rosie. <laughs> he sends a picture of a bathtub to Joanna. I didn't even know they had snow shovels in Austin. <laughs> we don't. We got to improvise. <laughs> How did you load that bathtub with that much snow? And, and, and why? Like kind of my morning routine for about uh, four hours every morning. I would go and take a five-gallon bucket, load it up, put it in the tub, and, and do that for about three or four hours to get your morning workout. Gosh. And now, and now that is to provide melt 
for drinking and flushing water because the water to the community is completely turned off? Yeah, so it was about, uh, would have been Valentine's Day, I guess. Great way to spend Valentine's Day, Sunday afternoon. Water gets shut off, and and you kind of got to, you got to go into survival mode. What can you do? Because nowhere around had any running water. So um, we're about right in the middle of San Antonio and Austin, and you just kind of think uh, think on your feet. And um, the best way to do that was just take snow and melt it down and then boil it so you could have it to, I mean, the simple Simple things like flushing the toilet and trying to get a, a sponge bath, I guess you can say, and then try to <laughs> try out other ways to, to wash dishes, et cetera. So. Now, how long have you been in Central Texas? So we've been here about uh, three and a half, four years. So from, grew from up where? in Nebraska originally. Okay. So used to the cold weather, yes. um, but uh, definitely uh, not something they're accustomed to down here. You're, you're kind of used to that ice belt tragedy i think yeah. the ice belt through the middle of a country is worse than the snow country up north and definitely worse than the oh, yeah. the, the area below mason dixon because it's that ice that's so yep. debilitating to utilities traffic transportation everything baxter were you Absolutely. a did you have a prepper prep kind of a mentality before did you have things stocked up at all or was this like totally you were totally unprepared yeah, so I think overall, I mean, the average Texan, especially if you're talking Dallas, Houston, Austin, and, and San Antonio, did not. And, and we at least had food in place, so we had to make sure we had at least a week of food when they told us about this. They gave us a warning probably that Thursday or Friday, um, so a little over a week ago. Um, so bottled water a little bit, um, but nothing besides that. I mean, they're, I mean, that's just kind of, you just take it day by day, so... Um, could have been, I think for the most part, we were resourceful and just making sure the water shut off because that's a big issue you're going to see here is that you're going to have more insurance claims than you'll ever see in the entire state. So, wow. well, did yeah, you, it, it's definitely, go ahead. Have you been to the grocery store yet? Are you able oh, to get there? You ought to see his videos. Yeah, yeah we, um, it, it's a mess. We did, yeah. uh, we kind of, you, you pick and choose. They're open for about five hours each day, 12 to five. And then you just, um, you maybe find one where there's a line of two, three hundred people out there. Then you try to go to the next one. We actually found Saving Grace at the little small CVSs and and, Wal- and Walgreens. That's where we found instead of the major grocery stores. So, is there anything on the shelves at all? No, no. Me. That's the other thing. I mean, the supply chain is completely destroyed. Um, I mean, it's discombobulated. You have, I mean, all the meat, uh, just kind of going back to where we, I mean, just think about it. a year ago, we were in this, mm-hmm. the COVID crisis. So kind of was reminiscent of that. So well, now it was tough to find anything. Well, now back to as, as kind of a, as kind of a participant, I won't call you a victim as a participant of this crisis. Uh, what, what should Arizona homeowners know? What are, what are you going to do different maybe in about and around your house? I know one of the things, I've, I've I've always felt compelled to do that. I remember we. I, I need to stock up extra supply of dog food because mm. you know what happens yeah. to our dogs when they go off their dog food It's not pretty. <laughs> uh, but but you, what can you teach us? What would you do different to be ready for this next event? Yeah, I think I think from just a, a general preparedness, it would be, I mean, like you said earlier on, just the, the bottled water, the food, making sure you have a, a week or two weeks um, enough frozen food. I mean, if you have canned foods in case the electricity goes out. Um, but from a homeowner's perspective, I mean, just understanding how your insurance works, the claiming process and what it is, what um, what they will cover, what they won't cover. That's the biggest issue you're going to see right now. 
you know, see these claims filing in, people trying to get, oh. Um, oh, I need a hotel. I need a week hotel stay or a month hotel stay. Well, that's not covered depending on where that waterline break was. Excellent So understanding advice. that. Yeah. Wow. Well, and you and your wife have been able to take refuge at a neighbor's house that had a backup generator, right? So y'all, at least y'all have yeah. heat and power, right? Yeah, so you never thought you'd have to have those in Texas or Arizona, but you, you never know. I mean, you get a blackout, something like this, then you're, you're, you're prepared from that standpoint. So make sure you're having propane as well. If you have out, outdoor heaters, I mean, you got to be careful with that, with carbon monoxide, but, but just there's several levels of preparedness that you can take. Well, Baxter... I can't. I know you must be dealing with a lot. I mean, logistically, just trying to decide which grocery store you're going to go stand in line for five hours with, and yep. what you're going to do for the next supply of fresh water. I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of that schedule to visit with us and help educate the Arizona homeowners how we might all be in a state of more ready preparedness for anything that may come our way. Baxter, thanks a million. Absolutely. Take care, guys. All right. You know, um, some of his videos were unbelievable. The empty shelves and the lines outside the Piggly Wigglies. And he mentioned the COVID thing. And we all saw that here where you go to the grocery store. And there's no cleaning supplies. There's no paper supplies. Sometimes there's no meat. There's maybe one or two kinds of soup. I mean, you, you absolutely saw the chain upset. But they're talking about being without electricity as well. So our, our kind of solace during COVID was working at home. Well, at least we can work at home. At least we can do everything from home. You're talking about your homes torn up, yeah, not able to work at all. And I love this point about insurance because if you're in that extreme of a condition, you're going to need all the help you can get. A whole new level of storm chasers moving into Texas probably as we speak. Let's go to Mark, who's dialed the show to visit. Let's see what Mark's got on his mind this particular gorgeous Arizona Saturday morning. Okay, Mark. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for taking my call. What you up to, my friend? Um, I have two questions for you. The first one is, is uh, um, probably more straightforward. Um, I have a, uh, a home about 15 years old, and I'm looking to uh, make my garage less of a dumping ground and more of a workshop. Yeah. <laughs> so what I, the only problem is, like a lot of the homes, I, have, I only have three outlets in my entire garage. One on the ceiling for the uh, garage door opener, one on the back wall that face that's uh, up against the the interior of the house, and one on a side wall that's by the uh, where you would plug in a water softener by the water heater. Okay, and they're all on the same. I, I think I, I I think they're all on the same circuit. So uh, I have a, a, a you know woeful lack of power in my garage. So what would be good options for me to? get more power in, in into the garage without, I mean, I guess, cause it's already, you know, the home's already there. It's instead of tearing everything apart, like <laughs> well, how can I do it easier? Well, um, many times on the home and depending on the floor plan, the electric panel, if you're lucky is mounted on the outside wall of your garage is the electric panel. Yes. It's, hey, it's literally baby. right outside of the garage up against one of the walls. It's, it's the wall opposite the side of the room Perfect. where I want to have the workbench, but it is right there. And you got, you have a little attic? 
Yes, yes. I oh. have, uh, you know, the uh, the empty space in the uh, above the, yeah, then, absolutely. Then all you need to do is go outside, open the door to the electric panel, and you're going to see a punch-out screen. Uh, and you just need to look at that and see, is every single one of those breaker punch-outs punched out and filled with a breaker? No, no, uh, I have tons of space. You got tons of space. Well, then you, this is going to be pretty easy probably to add a nice... 20 amp circuit to get in there for your charging stations and your power tools and whatever else you want to put in. So electrically, you'll need a permit to do it, but it's going to be an easy thing. You'll just conduit out of the top of that service section, uh, uh, put an elbow into the attic, go across the attic, feed it back down in the wall, plop in the receptacles you need. You'll be in great shape. So electrically, this isn't going to be a challenge at all. Okay. All right. That's great to hear. And then as far as on the interior of the garage, um, would it, uh, would it make more sense for me to have, I guess, like conduit and boxes just mounted to the wall? A couple options. Uh, that kind of run across, you know, about, I don't know, as high as my workbench and just run across the length of the wall. And then I can just have a, a bunch of plugs or yeah, you can do you can do one of those runner troughs along right atop the countertop height, you know, with a series of ten or twelve or fifteen one ten receptacles plugged in. It's exactly what I have at, at one of my properties that I use as a little shop too. Uh, but you can do all that. Um, and I'll and, and then I'll tell you the one question you haven't asked, how do you finish it? I tell you what, every garage ought to have a wainscot of diamond plate steel wainscoting. And, uh, and then at the point that ever needs to be cleaned out, then you just hose it out. Let that, let that diamond plate go all the way down. It gives you a very finished NASCAR type shop look. It's crisp. It's clean. It's easy to keep clean. I'm in the process of starting that at, at my house right now. And I love it. It looks great. So then there, he had one other question about the trade career question, and I'll have to take that offline, but I don't want to lose the opportunity to repeat it because we covered it earlier. Just utility company linemen electricians in America are going to see a shortfall of almost a half a million individuals in this next generation. That's typical of all of the trades. So if you like working with your hands, if you like solving problems for people, if you like being a part of the solution, if you like putting your brain to work and coming up with intuitive, great creative ideas, the trades could be an excellent, excellent place for you to consider your next career. It is a great living. I've loved it. I've been very grateful for the life it's provided me. Don't curl your lip at me. All right. I told y'all you're going to need your safety belts and your safety helmets to stay up with us this particular hour because we've covered so much. One of the things we like to cover before the show ends is what our most frequently asked question was of the week. And ironically, it must mean that people are spending an awful lot of time at home bored to tears because the question was, can I clean my refrigerator coils? <laughs> Never thought about it before. <laughs> I thought, seriously? So people I, are getting really bored. They're getting really bored. 
so I did reach out to the two Rosie Certified Appliance Repair Facilities in the greater Phoenix metro area. Talked to Mr. Anthony Chavez of Hassar, huh? Honest Appliance Sales Service and Repair, as well as Mr. Daniel Byer of Byer Appliance. And they both said, yes, you can clean them yourself, but be careful. In the old style, when you and I got married, Jennifer, the coils were just mounted on the back. And you had to pull the refrigerator out and you just vacuum that off. But when the energy efficiency requirements came into place, they had to start covering those and not leaving them exposed. So now you pull the refrigerator out, you unplug the refrigerator, you remove the back panel, and you pretty much do the same thing and just vacuum that up. If it is that style, uh, Mr. Byer recommended, hey, just you can find any owner's manual in the world on Google. Just Google your brand and your model and see what the owner's manual says about cleaning it. Uh, Anthony says it. there's a lot that are up front, and they're very hard to reach, and they can be hard to clean. And he encouraged you, look, make sure you unplug the refrigerator before you start messing around with that. Anthony's recommendation was if you live rurally where there's desert dust circulating amongst your house or if you have pets, you really need to be considering cleaning your refrigerator coil at least two times a year. That you know, it can actually double the life of your refrigerator. Uh, not double. Oh, to clean it would double yeah, the life. Yeah. yeah. And the, we've been shopping for a new one because ours is a 40-year-old Sub-Zero. But... We are in shock over the cost of a new refrigerator. And if you're going to invest in one, you certainly want to extend the life as long as you can. You really do. You know, Anthony from Hassar mentioned that you can buy cleaning brush kits at some of the big box stores and True Value and order them over the Internet. And they kind of show you how to clean it and stuff. Uh, We have an outdoor refrigerator. uh, And I go to my air compressor in the garage and I turned the dial up to about 140. <laughs> and then I the take that and then I take that grill cover off. <laughs> home you, improvement by radio. But you cannot do that inside a home. I would never clean the refrigerator coils of our inside refrigerator with air pressure because baby, it makes a heck of a mess. But it gets the coils real clean. Well, I have done it with the vacuum. It's on top. I have to get a step stool and all that and get up in there, but I never really feel like I get it completely clean. So maybe once a year I do it and once a year once a year they do it. And while you're doing that, if you, if you people are so compelled that you want to clean the condensing coils of your refrigerator and you pull down that owner's manual, many of you have auto defrost cycles in your refrigerator. And when, those, when the refrigerator goes to defrost, it actually turns a heater on and warms up the inside of the refrigerator and the walls just enough that if frost is building up anywhere, it melts. And it's directed into a tube that drains into a pan that's underneath your refrigerator. And do you know what happens when like a little bitty piece of blue cheese finds its way down that drain? Stops everything up. Or, or, or if it doesn't, and it goes into that pan and the water drains in there, then the heat from the compressor evaporates the water. But you've got that little bitty piece of ham or blue cheese sitting in that pan getting wet and hot and wet and hot. A little stanky. The first time you pull that little condensate pan out, if you haven't done it before, make sure you've got a nose plug in. (laughs) Take it out, run outside, power wash it, Clorox it, sanitize it, 
and then replace it. So there is all you need to know about cleaning coils on your refrigerator. They make brushes to help you. Air pressure works, particularly if it's a beverage refrigerator outside in the garage. Don't do that inside your home. Brushes, vacuum cleaners, they even sell attachments that you can put on the end of your vacuum hose, specially designed for cleaning those coils. So pet dander and desert dust are the two biggest enemies of refrigerator coils. Keep them clean and you could be doubling the life of your refrigerator. How about that? What did not we cover today? Put on the brakes. We're done. Cool. Let's go eat. Let's go eat. (laughs) May you all have a very blessed week here in the great state of Arizona, courtesy of Rosie on the House. We'll be here next Saturday, so you be here too.